Hey Branches, it's Colin, and it's Friday, March 1st, and we're continuing our reading in Mark's Gospel, and we're going to tackle the first half of chapter 7. We're going to hear about what defiles us. It's not what goes into our mouths, but what comes out that defiles us is what Jesus says. We'll talk about what that means for us in our discipleship. We'll also look at a rule, the Corban rule, and how it's being used really against its original intent. What Jesus says about how we should honor our mother and father, care for them, have compassion on them, even if it means pushing back on a religious rule and ritual, which we've already kind of talked about in Jesus' story, but we'll tackle again today on this first day of March. So we're in chapter 7 of Mark. Glad you're here and listening today. It says this, Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who'd come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And they are also many other traditions and they observe, that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites. As it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrine. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of father or mother must surely die. But you say that if anyone tells father or mother, whatever support you might have had from me is korban, that is an offering to God, then you no longer permit doing anything for a father or mother, thus making void the word of God through your tradition that you have handed on, and you do many things like this. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. When he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, Then do you also fail to understand? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart but the stomach, and goes out into the sewer? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, It is what comes out of a person that defiles. For it is from within, from the human heart, that, e- that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. If we had to boil down this section of scripture, Jesus' teaching about the Corban rule and what goes in and out of your mouth, and the washing of hands and the washing of vessels, I think Jesus could boil down his teaching to this. It's about the heart. That's really the challenge he has for the Pharisees here is like, you're concerned with the outside. You're concerned with the hands and you're concerned with the cups and you're concerned with this tradition. And I say to you, Jesus kind of turn a phrase. I say to you, or listen to me, hear this. It's about your heart. We begin with this kind of discussion of washing hands. Uh, you, you, you hear this kind of commentary. It's in a 
parentheses here in the NRSV that for the Pharisees and really all the Jews, they didn't eat unless all the stuff was washed thoroughly. And so this is kind of the basis of their complaint against Jesus and his disciples. And I always love this version of Jesus. He's kind of punchy. He's like, you know, Isaiah said, and their ears would tune in because they knew Isaiah. He said this about you hypocrites. So it's like Isaiah talked about you and what he had to say about you wasn't kind. What Isaiah said in his prophecy was, you may say you're religious. You may say that you've devoted yourself to me, but your hearts, the really interior life that you live, is far from me. You've chosen the outside and not the inside. A lot of spiritual teachers in the Christian tradition talk about the Christian interior life. What's going on on the inside? Or really kind of the practical implication, maybe a, a, a leadership help, is are you the same person in private that you are in public? That says a lot about your heart and for, again, the Hebrew imagination and in the New Testament, the heart is not, you know, the valve blood-pumping organ and the inside of your chest, but the heart is the seat of your emotions, of your affect, of your loves. What Jesus is really raising is this question of who or what do you love? A favorite of mine, James K.A. Smith, his book, You Are What You Love, is centered around this question. What do you really love? Jesus kind of illustrates this point by saying, you know, if you were presented with your parents in need, if they came to you and said, hey, we're, we're in need, we can't support ourselves anymore, you would need to honor them by the command of God. But based on this human tradition, if you'd given up all your money or all your, all your possessions or even lied to your parents and said you couldn't help them because you've just been so religious, you just gave too much to the church, I can't possibly help you, um, you know, that's not a good situation, Jesus says. This is not a good excuse. You would be breaking the law by not honoring your father and mother, by not being compassionate in general, whether or not they're your father and your mother, because you've given up the religion of the heart for the religion of the outside, a superficial religion. Then he goes in, it's kind of this like um, broader to more narrow focus of the larger crowd to a smaller crowd to the disciples and that kind of middle level. He says it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles because you'll digest it, Jesus says pretty frankly, but it's what comes out. The things that come out are what defile. The disciples don't get this. And so again, narrowing, he says, do you also not get it? Like, are you, are you not understanding what I'm saying? That if you, if you ingest all of this stuff and you just digest it and it's gone, that's not what's going to make you bad or unholy as these kind of human traditions seem to claim, but it's what comes out. And he's saying, you know, there's this wellspring in your person, your heart, your spirit, the really real you loves things, cares about things, commits to things. And when you commit to those things or disorder your loves, as James K.A. Smith puts it, or as Augustine even puts it, that's what defiles you. And he gives this list of these defiling things in your life. Theft, murder, fornication, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride folly. There's love of sex and sexuality. There's love of other people's stuff that you would steal. There's love of violence, which the Bible says the wicked have a craving for violence. There's love of somebody else's spouse. There's uh, love of your sin or your brokenness. There's love of untruth or misinformation. There's love of telling something that's untrue about another person. There's uh, for pride or folly love of yourself or love of the wrong way. 
He says all these evil things come from within and they defile a person. We make a pretty clear outlined move from uh, the, the love of what's on the outside and for Jesus, the important thing of the love of what's on the inside. Do you love the God who apparently gave you these commandments? Do you love the tradition for its sake, for its own sake, for itself? Or do you love the people it's supposed to impact and bless? I think it's a helpful way for us to think about kind of legalistic religion in our world today. Do we love what's on the outside, the building, the program, the, the kind of preferences we have, the music that we like? Or do we love the God that it points to? I have to check myself in this all the time because I have a lot of preferences. I have a lot of things that I really love to be a certain way. But what I should really seek to love more is the God that our church, our community, our worship services on Sunday, any of our programming, what it points to. It's what comes out that shows what we really love. So challenging question, what's going to come out of your mouth this week? What's going to come out of your person of, of who you are? And does it point to God as your one true love? This isn't a testing, threatening question. It's a reflection question for me, for you, for anyone listening today. You are what you love. And our call, our challenge, what Jesus invites us to and is the concrete anchor for us is for us to love him and in that way, love God. Give that a think today. (laughs) Give some thought to it, reflect on it. And I can't wait for you to listen tomorrow. Thanks for listening.